All right. Hygiene Elevated Conversations and Innovations. We've got Haley with us today from Oral Care Elevate. Did I say that wrong? Jeffrey <laughs> <laughs> didn't oral grab care. her water bottle from did Elevate I, Oral Care. Did I tell you I'm a little dyslexic? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Haley, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Um, thank and then you tonight, guys. Yes, and tonight's topic, we want to talk about silver dynamine fluoride. So can you give our listeners just a brief summary on what it is and how it's applicable to dentistry? Yeah, definitely. Um, silver dynamine fluoride is a pretty exciting product that's a newer innovation in the United States. But other countries have been using it for several decades. Um, Japan, for example, has been using it for over 70 years. And in that time, there has not been a single adverse event reported. So it's also an extremely safe product to use. Um, it became available here in the United States. It was FDA cleared in 2014 and then first became available in the United States from Elevate Oral Care with our Advantage Arrest Silver Diamine Fluoride product in, that was in 2015. And um, it's FDA cleared here as a dental hypersensitivity treatment. So that's the same way that fluoride varnish is FDA cleared in the United States. But as you guys know, clinicians use fluoride varnish all day, every day off label to, um, <laughs> to prevent decay. Uh, but it's most, I mean, it is FDA cleared as a hypersensitivity treatment and silver diamine fluoride is also most often used off label, but to arrest decay. So it's a liquid formula. It's really the consistency of water or at Elevate Oral Care, we just launched a gel formulation as well, which just has a much more viscous formula. But either way, it's this liquid or gel formula that you apply to a carious lesion. And within like 24 to 48 hours, it will arrest the infection in that tooth and harden and remineralize that tooth surface in about a week's time. Um, and then it will discolor the lesion permanently black once it's arrested and be completely remineralized. So it's a minimally invasive way that we can treat and arrest tooth decay. So it's pretty exciting. That's incredible. Um, yes. Just like all future applications of that product. Mm -hmm. What was, what do you think like the reason that it hasn't been in the United States before now, mm -hmm. since, especially since it's been being used for the past 70 years in Japan? Yeah. So I think, I think a lot of that has to do with FDA clearance. Um, you'll hear now a lot of uh, big pioneers with silver diamine fluoride here in the United States. They'll tell you they've been smuggling this stuff in for a long time. So it has <laughs> been around. Uh, but I will say, though, back in like the 1920s, people were using um, silver nitrate with fluoride. And that was kind of the, the precursor to silver diamine fluoride. Um, but it needed the fluoride to help really strengthen the tooth. But that was also around the time that uh, local anesthesia became big in the United States. And kind of the local anesthesia route took over um, as over in place of really this minimally invasive route. So the, the silver nitrate and fluoride and, and later the silver diamine fluoride kind of was fell to the background while the um, local anesthetic and, um, you know, repairing these teeth with uh, restorative dentistry really took off and took over. Um, and then also FDA clearance that took a while for it to happen here in the United States. And so now that it's here and it's available, now it's much more, um, used much more. My office back in New Mexico, um, my doctor would actually use the silver nitrate mm -hmm. um, in specific 
situations, we had a lot older population where I was working. And, you know, it's not always appropriate to replace a crown. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's a time and a place where it's like, you know, how much longer do does this person have? So we're not going to, you know, make them go through the whole situation. Or maybe they're just medically unstable and not able to go through a crown procedure. Um, and you don't want to risk having to do an extraction in the future because of the medical history. And he used a decent amount of the silver nitrate and that would stain anything black. Um, would never come out, never come out of anything. So I was, I was very interested. You kept talking about silver diamine fluoride um, when we would go to dinner in Florida. And I was like, what is silver? And I don't know why we didn't ask you more about it then, but we were waiting for a podcast, clearly. So, <laughs> so what would you say? Um, I mean, you've kind of highlighted a little bit. What are the key benefits and advantages of using um, silver diamine fluoride? We can just say SDF compared to traditional dental treatments and procedures. Yeah, so there's a lot of um, great benefits to it. And it, this is never going to take place of restorative dentistry. Like that's some people's fears, like oh, I can't use that stuff because restorative dentistry is where I make my money. And I'll, you know, this is, this is my, how my family eats and whatnot. And, <laughs> and there's no way that this will ever completely take place of restorative dentistry. There's going to be a time and place for both restorative dentistry and um, silver diamine fluoride and some of these other minimally invasive options that are out there. Um, but I really like the way, Amanda, that you brought up the, the previous office you worked in and they were using this on older patients because that's something that I think is still newer to a lot of people. When they hear SDF, they think, oh, this is for those pediatric patients and, and pediatric offices mm -hmm. only. And certainly this is wonderful for pediatric patients. Um, but there's so many wonderful uses for our aging population as well. Um, and even for people like like our age people, like you guys and, and myself, I mean, there's great times when and indications when this can be used also. But it really comes down to this is just another tool we have in our tool belt. And really ethically, as clinicians, when we see a patient, uh, you know, we are supposed to be able to explain to our patients really all the options that are available to them and let them make the informed decision on really what's the best decision for them. I mean, if we were going to our medical provider and we found some infection somewhere, we wouldn't just want them to say, hey, this infection you have in your wrist, we have to amputate your wrist. I mean, that's the only option because really that's kind of what restorative dentistry is. It's just like, we got to we gotta remove this part of that tooth and, and that's it. Um, but really there's a lot of different ways that this can be used and, um, and in certain situations, um, it can be an, an opportunity where patients who are very apprehensive about restorative care, maybe financially can't commit to restorative care, um, you know, whatever the case may be, there's there's times when this can be a really good option for those patients. And there's really a number of different ways that it can be used. And we talked about using it um, as a desensitizer because that's how it's FDA cleared. It's a great desensitizer. And I know, Amanda, you mentioned some discoloration with the silver nitrate that takes place. Mm -hmm. um, and I briefly touched on it too with SDF, it will permanently stain a perioseal lesion black once it's arrested. And there's options to restore over that later down the road too. And we'll kind of talk through that a little later if you guys want, but um, it will permanently stain that black, but it does not stain sound healthy tooth structure at all. So if you are using it to treat dental hypersensitivity, it's a great desensitizer. They experience sensitivity relief pretty much instantly, and it will not stain or discolor that tooth surface unless there's it's demineralized or decayed. 
So that that's in itself is pretty neat, yeah. Um, so with that too, it can be used to arrest decay like we talked about, and that's when you'll see that, that permanent staining take place. But it also has some pretty profound preventive benefits as well. Um, there was a really great article. It was in the California Dental Association Journal back in 2016, so not long after this was available in the United States, and they were talking through all of the different benefits and uses of silver diamine fluoride, and there's a section of that article that talks about the caries prevention that's seen, and that article said that annual application of silver diamine fluoride prevented many more carious lesions than if you were to treat a patient with four fluoride varnish treatments in a year. So just stop and think about that for a second. Varnish is our gold standard in prevention right now, and that's what is recommended by the ADA for prevention. But SDF has shown to offer greater prevention than if you were to treat a patient with four fluoride varnish treatments in a year. Now, with that being said, you're not applying it like fluoride varnish all over the dentition, but it's a site-specific application anytime you're using it. So site specifically, you can apply it to arrest lesions, to sensitive areas, or high-risk areas. Like think about furcations, where you have patients where you're like, okay, they're not keeping that clean at home. I'm having a hard time keeping it clean in the chair. You can apply some SDF in there and offer greater prevention than any anything else we have to offer to that patient. So that's a pretty neat way to use it as well. That is a really great, really, really great. I actually had a patient that came in normally has meticulous hygiene. He is like notched out every classified possible. Um, but for whatever reason on the buckle of number 30, um, he somehow was not able to brush right there and he actually developed decay in the last six months. And I feel like that would have been a perfect example of, of how to use it. I mean, there's many, many examples, but that was with the whole class five, uh, buckle forcation, um, that was one that really came to mind. Uh, that would have been a really great use for it. For sure. And I mean, think about his smile line. You wouldn't even even have seen that in his smile line. Mm -mm. No, so, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. Fascinating. It's cool. <laughs> oh, um, Haley, so we saw in an article in the RDH magazine about the possible application of SDF as a sealant. Can you... Mm -hmm. Tell us more about how that works. Yeah, so that was um, Shelly Long in your neck of the wood, woods, I believe. I think she, um, she's from Utah, like you guys. She's mm -hmm. awesome, or Shelly Brown, excuse me. Uh, but she was talking about how she used it um, on her own children for um, a preventive, basically, like sealants. And absolutely, this can be used because we just talked through that preventive benefit where it can be applied to occlusal surfaces and it, it can be used essentially like a sealant. Now, it's not going to be an actual barrier in there like a sealant is. It, it just actually penetrates through the tooth and creates this antimicrobial tooth structure where bacteria cannot colonize or demineralize that area. But now silver does leach out over time. So unlike a sealant, you would want to keep up with reapplying it. But if you reapply it every six months, it will act as a true occlusal barrier similar to a sealant. Do you have to etch it as well? Mm -mm, nope. Nope, you don't have to etch it. Um, you just apply it on, it'll penetrate through healthy tooth structure. And again, it won't discolor the area if it's sound and healthy and it will penetrate in there and it creates that antimicrobial tooth structure. So it's really neat. Um, I've got some cool images that I could share with you guys, but, um, and you can probably Google search them, but 
you, there's some really neat images where you can take a cross section of a tooth and they show the penetration before and after the SDF. And you can see it deep down in those pits and fissures where it's that antimicrobial tooth structure down into the depth of those pits and fissures. So it's pretty neat to see. So think about like primary teeth. We never see sealants really being done on primary teeth, but we see children obviously getting decay in their primary teeth, especially with our American diet. I mean, every child eats goldfish crackers and there's gummy vitamins now and just all these things that puts these children at high risk for decay and those occlusal surfaces are a prime spot for them to get that. But we don't really discuss sealants on these patients because oh, those teeth are going to exfoliate and, you know, we'll kind of monitor if they have to do some restorative work, they do. But if you instead do what Shelly mentioned in that article and you can apply this to those occlusals every six months, it'll get them through until those teeth naturally exfoliate and create that great, mm -hmm. healthy, strong tooth structure for them until their permanent tooth comes in. And then you can keep doing SDF or you can do sealants at that time. And that's when they're more age appropriate and can sit through a sealant as well. Ugh, those are such great ideas because how many times have we had, you know, those kids come in and your heart just, you know, breaks of the situation that they're in for whatever reason. And you're just like, you know, it's either sedation and either pull all these teeth, do some drastic crowns. But how amazing would it be to be able to get them through with some some SDF preventatively as well? Yeah, so. think, about, think about like your special needs patients too, where, mm -hmm. you know, you want sealants on them, but sealants are pretty technique sensitive. A lot of them, you need this dry field with some of them. And you, you know, there's so many steps that go into play where this, you can slap some SDF on, cover it with varnish. That's it. So it can be quick and simple for some of those where they're harder to treat too. I was cleaning my doctor's teeth on Thursday night and he has two virgin teeth that he's keeping an eye on. And he was like, are they sticky? Do you feel stick? Like, is it sticky? And I was like, no, I don't feel stick in them. I took pictures and everything. And he's like, I think you should put some SDF on there. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing yet. Let me do this podcast with Haley. Let me learn. <laughs> then like maybe Tuesday after we'll have some fun with it. Unfortunately, we are not allowed to have the wonderful products from Elevate Oral Care. So we have some like two-step, very liquid, and it is a weird smell. So um, I am excited to, to experiment on my doctor <laughs> tomorrow uh, after this. But um, yeah, I'm very excited for that. Yeah, but definitely. I, I love that idea. All those applications. There's endless applications. And like you said, not taking away from restorative dentistry. There's so many other ways, I think, of decreasing stress on the doctor like who wants to do that many fillings on kids in that situation you know mm, yeah. um making everybody have a better a better experience in the dental office you know what mom wouldn't want to just have like something put over the tooth instead of drill and fill and sedation and if you mm -hmm. can help that if it's appropriate for sure for sure yeah, and to kind of explain like the appropriateness and too, so SDF can be used really into and up to an indirect pulp cap. So, I mean, as long as there's still some kind of um, dentin, some kind of something over that pulp, you can still use it, even if it's just gross decay sitting there, because as soon as it penetrates through there, it, it alters that pH and it's safe to use. The only time it's really contraindicated is if the you can visibly see that the pulp is exposed, and in that case, you would not want to use it. Gosh. Um, 
probably going off a little bit of subject here, but as far as application, is this something that, hey, hygienists are totally allowed to use? Is it state by state? Is it something that you should have a conversation with your your doctor, your provider, your office? What does that look like? What have you seen so far in your experience, Haley? Yeah, that's a good question. One that I get asked all the time. It is a state by state decision. So I always recommend just checking with your state board to see. Um, I will tell you, though, the vast majority of states view SDF as a fluoride application. So typically, if you can apply fluoride varnish, you can usually apply silver diamine fluoride. But there's a handful of states. I know Ohio requires that their um, hygienists take, I want to say it's like a two-hour course, um, which our Elevate Oral Care rep there, uh, she does free lunch and learns, and her her lunch and learn staff meeting course has been approved by the board. So it's really simple to, you know, get that training. It's free. Um, I want to say Colorado maybe has something in place like that as well. So there's a couple that have just a little certification type of a process, but most all it's just viewed as like a fluoride varnish. And if you can apply that, you can apply SDF. So um, yeah, that's the good thing about it. And then as far as, you know, how it goes like in the office, I think it should really be a team decision too. I think the team should come together. I think the team should have a good understanding from everybody from the doctor the hygienist, the, the assistants, the front desk, the treatment coordinator, I think everybody needs to understand what it is, um, how it's used, how to recommend this to patients, um, and just to have, how to have that discussion so that when patients ask, the whole team is really well versed on it. And I, I don't think it should be one of those things where, oh, that one hygienist does that one thing in the office, you know, but nobody else really talks about it. I think it should be a, a team decision and everybody can really come together and see the benefits of it and when when to recommend it, when not to recommend it and all that good stuff. What about um, for codes? Is it a different code? It is a different code. Because um, there was an article recently in RDH Magazine that was discussing the different um, applications as well. But yeah. what what have you seen as the fee structure with SDF application? Because um, uh, I guess in lieu of a fluoride treatment or in lieu of sealants, what what have you seen? Yeah, so um, I would say that, um, well, there's a couple of different, let's start with the billing codes. There's a couple of different billing codes that can be used with SDF. So if you're using it to arrest active decay, so there's an active lesion there, you're gonna do D1354, and that's a per tooth code. Um, during we That code became available in 2016, and we've seen the coverage jump on that pretty quickly. Um, you know. Before most, before really our time when fluoride varnish became available, and it, it took like 20 years, I believe people are saying, before we saw the code seeing reimbursement. So we're seeing reimbursement on that code, and that happened quickly. Um, I would say over half the state Medicaid programs, well over half the state Medicaid programs now cover 1354, and over a third of private insurance plans cover 1354 as well. So um, we've got coverage on that, and then. Um, 2021, they came out. They they came out with a code that was for SDF prevention, which is 1355, and that also is a per tooth code. So if you're using it where there's not active caries, you're using it for prevention. You would use 1355. The beauty of both of those codes is they can be used in conjunction with your varnish 1206 code, which is important oh. because really the patients you're using SDF on are your moderate to high risk patients. 
those are the people that should also be receiving their fluoride varnish treatment. So I love that those codes are eligible to be used together to be reimbursed, you know, reimbursed for both of those together. I think that's important. That is huge. That's yeah. a huge benefit. Yeah. So that's been really neat. Um, so yeah, certainly, you know, bill your fluoride varnish, do your, you know, do your fluoride varnish. You would want to treat your SDF sites first. And then it's really been recommended in the last few years too, to cover your SDF application with varnish, whether or not you're doing fluoride varnish because that acts as like a little protective layer or seal over your SDF. And then the other neat thing is it helps to mask the flavor of SDF because SDF is not good. <laughs> it is has a very strong metallic taste from the silver, so it's not good. Um, so the varnish over it does a good job of masking that. But you can't bill your varnish, of course, unless you're doing the full mouth varnish afterwards as well. You don't wanna waste that benefit for that patient. So if you're using your SDF as um, like a sealant, would you use 1355? Mm -hmm. Yes, okay. you can't really bill it as a sealant because um, it's, it's not a sealant. But yeah, you're using it in that sense for preventive benefits. So you would bill 1355 for the teeth that you applied that to. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one's a newer code. So you're not going to see the coverage you see with 1354 because um, it's two years old now, but we are seeing people pick it up and, you know, slowly but surely that will, will, will find its way. And then as far as what people um, typically charge, I would say the national average that people are charging a patient is about $40 per tooth. Um, and with Advantage Rest anyway, it breaks down to like, I think it's like 86 cents a drop and each drop treats like five teeth. So yeah. it's affordable. Um, and you see a Good turn on your investment too. I mean, for forty dollars a tooth, that's not bad. Um, and then we've seen reimbursement all over the map. I mean, some people will reimburse just a couple dollars, and some people are reimbursing a lot of dollars. So it's been all over, and that just kind of depends on the insurance plans. Yeah, it's a story of insurance, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, do you see any um, like? advances in SDF? I mean, this is already like kind of changing the game for us in prevention. It's such a great tool in the hygienist like war chest, if you will. But do you see like any other um, advances or applications coming down the pipes? Yeah, um, we're working on an exciting um, new venture. I mean, the gel is brand new. That launched about a month ago. And that's been a big um, kind of innovation with it because the liquid is liquid. It's really the consistency of water, like I mentioned. So if you've got that patient, that squirmy um, little child, that's really hard to treat. It's, it's hard to get it in there and get it on there without it flowing throughout their mouth, dripping on their face, dripping on your countertops, and that causes some staining issues. So that's something where the gel's been nice for those areas where you want more control with it. It, it won't drip off the brush. It stays on there until you push it right onto the tooth. So that's been a nice, exciting innovation. But yeah, Elevate's got some exciting stuff coming out with SDF here, um, probably in mid-2024. So keep an eye out for, for that. Hmm. That's hmm. all I'm going to say. Just in time for RDH under one roof. Right? That's what it sounds like. Um, be there or there... be square. <laughs> um, with the application, is there any sensitivity to the soft tissue? If like the SDF gets on the soft tissue, for instance, if you're trying to arrest like interproximally, do you need to apply anesthetic? Um, what What is that? look like? So that really depends on the product that you're using. So here in the United States, there are two silver diamine fluoride 
available. Um, there's the Advantage Rest from Elevate Oral Care, which is sold direct from Elevate. So you won't find that through your distributor, but that one has a pH of 10. So there's no issues with soft tissue, anything. You can just simply cotton roll, isolate the area, apply the SDF. If it gets on the soft tissue, whether it's the gingiva, their lips, cheeks, fingers, anything like that, it will temporarily discolor that. Intraorally, it goes away in like a day um, and it will look like an amalgam tattoo or like a henna tattoo. Extraorally, it can linger just a couple of days longer than that, but it goes away and it causes no issues to the soft tissue. The one that you want to just be aware of, the other product, the Revastar product, which that one is the two-step um, that you mentioned earlier, Amanda, that one has a pH of 13. So uh, they do recommend that you use some kind of a gingival barrier like a rubber dam with that because it does have a higher pH and can cause some soft tissue burning. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. My my doctor started using that and he was doing local anesthesia and some serious isolation. So I was mm -hmm. curious. I was just based off of my comparison with silver nitrate, he, my doctor didn't have to do any, um, local anesthetic, but of course staining was crazy. Mm -hmm. So I was just curious about that. And I think that's a good question. And that's something when you're looking for this minimally invasive option, you really want to find something that's as little, you know, as minimally invasive as possible. So if you can avoid the, the uh, rubber dam, if you can avoid that local anesthetic, that's really the beauty of SDF. So yeah, something to think about. Definitely. Um, so Haley, I want to go back. So if there's no decay, there's not going to be any staining. If there no. is decay, it will be black. But you said something about demineralization. What does mm -hmm. the tooth look like after if when we apply mm -hmm. SDF? Yeah, so if there's any decay or demineralization, it will stain that area. Yeah, um, so hypomineralized teeth, it'll stain. So if there's any kind of decay or demin, that's when you will get that discoloration, which is permanent in the tooth. Um, but on the flip side of that, with like I just mentioned, the hypomineralized teeth, like those patients are incredibly sensitive. So yes, it will stain those areas, but this becomes a godsend for some of those patients because it treats their sensitivity as well. It really helps with those. But yes, any demon, DK, that stain, but not healthy tooth structure. So Amanda, your doctor that was wondering if you had any little sticky spots, um, you can really almost in some sense, not that you would do it this way, but it's almost can be used as like a caries disclosing solution because it's going <laughs> to stain. And then, hey, there's your issue, doc. <laughs> I, I feel like he would Found be game it. for this. He's fresh out of school. So he, I, I feel like the spirit of let's explore, let's see. It's there. He, I yeah. think he'd be up for it. Go so. for it. I'll put him on some nitrous and like, you know. <laughs> That's too funny. Um, I think we may have slightly talked about it, but how do you see SDF kind of evolving in the field of dentistry and like really creating this paradigm shift for hygienists and for doctors? Do you see anything drastically changing? Um. I think it just gives us more options, as I, meant, as I mentioned, too, a minimally invasive option. And I really think long term, I think we're going to see patients less fearful of dentistry and coming to see us. I mean, patients don't like coming to see us, you know, a lot of them. And a lot of that comes from when they were younger, they had bad experiences. You know, someone held them down. They did this drill and they put the shot in. And something that to a young child could be very, very scary. Whereas this can be like, hey, we're going to paint this fun little gel on your tooth. And 
it's going to taste funny. We're going to cover it up with your bubble gum or whatever choice you picked out for your varnish and, and you're done. I mean, so we can really make it so, you know, and then like it could be so much fearless for these patients and they can, you know, come in and get this done. And if down the road, then they're ready to do that restoration too. It can kind of really be used to buy time for patients to, you know, get them through from being really young to being, okay, they're eight years old. They can easily sit through this now and we can do a traditional billing if that's what the you know, patient wants or mom and dad wants for that area. Um, so it uh, can buy time. It just gives options too. Like I, I've recently been bringing up this story about my mother-in-law because just a few months ago, she's retired now and she's in her, what, 60s, I want to say. She's has, you know, good oral care. She's always been to the dentist regularly and she's never been one to get cavities. But of course, now that she's retired, she no longer has dental benefits at all. And she's like, oh my gosh, I went to the dentist and I have a cavity on this tooth. And she was talking about one of her lower molars. And I'm like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's a bummer. And she's like, guess how much he's charging me for this filling? And she read me off the notes and it was like a DO and it was a couple hundred dollars. I'm like, that's totally normal. And she was just like appalled at it. And I'm like, well, <laughs> let's do STF. And she's like, can I, can we do that? And I was like, of course you can. And, you know, explaining it to her, but she is going to have this stain. It's in the back tooth, but you cannot see it. Like, we got out the mirror and we we're, I'm like, talk, talk, talk. And like, you know, and she kept looking back. I'm like, you're not going to see it. And she's like, I don't even care if I see it. She's like, if this is going to cost me $40 here and there, like I'd much rather do that than pay this couple hundred dollars for back here for something that she's had restorations through her life where a lot of time, you know, somebody recently was saying when you, as soon as you take a drill to the tooth, it's the death cycle. Like you're starting mm -hmm. this death cycle. You start with this little occlusal lesion that eventually grows to a DO and now it's an MOD and now it's a crown and an implant. And now that tooth needs to be extracted. You know, like it's just this cycle. Whereas we can really stop that if we can just paint this on. So I think that this can really help shift a lot um, with dentistry and, and, you know, help people be less scared, give people more options. I just think it's a really a, another, like I said, just that great tool we have now and an additional tool in our tool belt. So I think it's beneficial. I, I love what you said. And I feel like that could be a whole other topic that we could just nerd out on just that progression of, mm -hmm. you know, we have such a flippant attitude about, oh, I have cavities. Oh, whatever. And it's like, well, cavities aren't normal. Mm -hmm. It's not normal for a tooth to rot in your mouth. There's a problem there. Mm -hmm. So again, that could be a whole other discussion. <laughs> but um, yes, it is essentially, and I started telling my patients as well, like it's essentially like you're taking an hourglass and you're turning it over. The life of the tooth is now kind of trickling faster and faster. And it depends so much on what you do at home. So oh, yeah. anyway, I digress, but I love what you said about having options and being able to give patients options because we live in such a time and age where the internet is accessible. There's such a, a good time, a good chance that patients may have heard something about this. Oh, yeah. um, I think I actually did have a patient bring it up to me and I was like, I don't know about it yet, but I will. Um, so I, I have a report to write <laughs> for a patient coming in in a few months. Um, but it kind of blew me away because I'm like, who the heck knows about SDF? It's not, it's not something that's commonly known in our world, much less out in the general population. You're right. So I think that's going to be fantastic to be able to offer that to a patient as a hygienist, but obviously 
knowing my situation where I think I have a doctor that's going to be very pro this, I, I have no doubt that I will, I will become adept in uh, SDF. Well, I'm here to help anytime. <laughs> <laughs> um, Haley, I'm doing student presentations and I'm traveling across the country now, visiting schools, talking to these hygienists before they graduate. And I'm headed to New Mexico next at the end of the month, a very rural area in New Mexico. We're gonna be in San Juan. And I already am thinking I have to update my presentation that when I talk about fluoride, I need to pair it with SDF for that lower, um, a low income population that this is right where it needs to be. So I, I'm like thinking already, Haley, I have to put this in my presentation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Rural areas, this can be such a game changer because those patients, mm -hmm. you know, that you can, again, let's say they still want that restorative treatment done, but it takes them hours to get to their closest dental office and whatnot. So this can be applied and again, buy them time until they can come back. Um, and think too, like think about the investment that patients have when it comes to their mouth and they get restorative work or if they've done braces or anything like that, the last thing they want is to let all this restorative work fail. And so you can also apply this around, you know, restorations and things like that to um, or to prevent recurrent decay from happening to, and to keep those restorations in there. Um, so yeah, I think with going around to those schools and especially if they're dealing with that rural population, this can, this can really help for sure. Yeah. You know, there was a pretty neat study recently that came out and there was a, there was a really great podcast on um, ADHA did a podcast on it where they had Dr. Jeremy Horsekeeper, who's a big SDF researcher and a pediatric dentist. And then they had um, one of the head researchers of this study that was done. It was in New York. It was the largest school based study. And they were they were trying to compare how effective silver diamine fluoride and fluoride varnish was versus your glass ionomer sealant and fluoride varnish in children. So it was like 3,000 children in the state of New York. And the really neat thing about it was it was th these applications of the SDF were done by hygienists and school nurses because it is just the most foolproof application. Anybody can do it. It's very easy. So um, these school nurses who have no oral training, they were just trained on how to apply SDF, which takes no time at all. And they found that the SDF and fluoride varnish was just about equivalent to the preventive that preventive benefit they saw of glass ionomer sealants and fluoride varnish. So to know that in like these rural areas, school nurses can be doing this. Imagine how this will improve access to care for so many. School nurses can't do sealants. Um, you know, they just can't. Mm -hmm. They're not trained that way. They can't do it. They're not, I don't believe they're even allowed to. Whereas medical professionals professionals can do silver diamine fluoride. They just got a CPT code for uh, silver diamine fluoride was just approved for any healthcare provider to apply silver diamine fluoride. And just think about that, what that will do for access to care. Like I'm saying for these people in these rural areas where the only person they do see is a local nurse of some sort. So that could greatly help um, prevention of caries and treatment of caries. That's very interesting. What, how long is like SDF shelf stable? It just, again, depends on that product you have. So our Advantage Rest product is a three -year, has a three-year shelf life, and okay. the Revastar product has a two-year shelf life. Okay. So, so not, not wildly volatile or anything. Yeah. Okay. Mm. On, the, on the note, uh, you kind of threw out a study there, but what are some other links and resources um, 
that other people that are interested in learning more, researching a little bit more about SDF um, could find? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would even recommend just starting with our website. If you go to elevateoralcare.com, we host uh, webinars on our platform almost monthly. They're free and you get CE credit. You can view them on demand or you can uh, follow us on our social media and we let you know that when there's an upcoming live one in case you want to ask any live questions and things like that. But otherwise, you can watch them on demand. And we have several on silver diamine fluoride. And again, we bring in outside experts and researchers. Like I mentioned, Dr. Jeremy Horsekeeper has been on a lot. Um, there's a pediatric dentist in Arizona who has really become an expert on SDF, Dr. Jeanette McLean. Um, she's done a couple of our webinars on SDF. So we've got a lot of great resources there. And then we also have a team of preventive care consultants throughout the country. Most of them are hygienists themselves. So they've been there. They've used a lot of these things um, personally, and they've, they've had a lot of great experience with it. So they can come into your office and do a staff meeting for free CE as well. But also, if you just research out there, I mean, you it's hard to pick up a dental magazine now um, or journal without seeing some information about silver diamine fluoride, which is pretty neat to see. So you can, there's no shortage of uh, research here in the United States and beyond on SDF. I mean, free CEs, why not? Right, and right. plus direct from the source. So I definitely love that. Yeah. Um, okay. My, my doctor specifically had two questions that he wanted me to ask okay. about SDF. <laughs> um, so he was curious to know about the long-term effect of a tooth treated with SDF. How long can it last? Um, and not just, I think on the occlusal, but like an interproximal arrest, uh, we'll go with that situation. Sure. Yeah. So this works great for interproximals as well. Um, and as long as it can be applied to the interproximal area. So if you have a really tight contact, a really great great way to treat that is with super floss, where you um, thread the floss through there first, apply the SDF to the spongy portion of the floss, pull it through and let it sit there and soak into the interproximal. And then after that, just remove the floss. So you, that's a great way to treat it. Or you can also just take an applicator brush and push it in really from all angles from the, the buckle, the occlusal, the lingual, push it in there and it will penetrate through there and arrest the lesion. So it's great for interproximals as well. And you can, um, you know, treat interproximals. The research will show you though, the more cleansable the lesion is, the better this works. So obviously it's going to be much easier to treat and be sure the area is treated on like a facial surface and occlusal surface. Obviously interproximals are a little more tricky in the sense because you can't really get in there to make sure you it's hardened, it's remineralized, it's black. And x-rays don't do a lot um, to, to tell if this is treated. So that's the one tricky part too. Radiographically, it'll kind of appear like a scar on the radiographs. You might notice uh, some slight improvement in the radio opacity, but for the most part, it still appears pretty radiolucent. So that's just where documentation of the product is key. I just want to make sure you're documenting that you've arrested those lesions with SDF and you are continuing to monitor and reapply it as needed. And that is something that, as I mentioned earlier, it does leach out. So it's not like a one and done thing. Um, you want to apply SDF and ideally you would bring the patient back in like within like uh, no sooner than a week. So at least a week to a couple of months and you want to reapply it. That's kind of like a loading dose of your antibiotics in a sense, where you are just reapplying it to be sure the area is arrested. And then from there, you just kind of want to keep up with monitoring it. And typically, you want to reapply it like one to two times a year. 
So um, moving forward until it's either restored or until that tooth exfoliates. So as long as you're keeping up with those applications, the life of that tooth looks great. You're keeping up with applying it, making sure it's rested. It also has that preventive benefit we talked about. So you're also creating that antimicrobial tooth structure. So um, when you've applied it to that, you're really taking these highest risk sites or these infected sites and turning them into one of the safest sites in that patient's mouth. So the longevity of that tooth looks great as long as you're able to see that patient back, make sure you're reapplying it because that silver will leach out over time. So um, yeah, it looks great. Interproximals are where it gets just a little more tricky, but there's a lot of great, great success with it. That's just going to be the area that's not as successful as others just because of how hard it is to, to check on it. Difficulty of application as well, I would I would definitely say. Yeah, for sure. And just how hard it is for that patient to keep it clean. That's their mm -hmm. hardest spot to keep clean over time as well. Um. Okay, another question that he had, what effect um, does it have on bonding composites because it helps to occlude dentinal tubules? So that's a good question. And one we get asked all the time is, you know, how does this affect bond strength? So the interesting thing is it's not really known why, but it will actually improve the bond strength with glass ionomer. And it does not affect composite bond strength one way or the other. So you can absolutely restore over this um, as early as the same day. But if you're looking for the most aesthetically pleasing restoration, you want to wait at least a week's time before you apply your restoration over it. But it won't affect the bond strength either way. I mean, it's great to use it and bond over it. But I will say, like I was talking about, the aesthetics of it, if you're placing any kind of a light cured material over the SDF, that's really the only time it's recommended to light cure your SDF first. So typically we don't light cure it, but if you're placing a light cured material over it, like let's say you're sealing over it or you're placing that composite over it on the same day, light cure your SDF just for like a quick two to three seconds. And that will help to assure that none of those silver ions will get mixed into your restorative material and cause any of that to stain or discolor. You just made me think of something that I had not even thought of before. So not only... Are you basically saying you can apply a sealant over the SDF? So SDF is an antimicrobial. It's an incredible antimicrobial. So Joffrey, when you go to speak, see your students in New Mexico and beyond, that's one of the neat things about when you're talking about fluorides, you want to talk about, you know, sodium fluorides are, are great and they help restore the tooth. They prevent demineralization. Um, but it doesn't do anything much, if anything, for the bacterial load. That's where your stannous fluoride and your silver fluorides come in because they're antimicrobial. So those, you, you still want to have that antimicrobial component. So yes, this will um, offer that antimicrobial benefit to that occlusal surface. So you can do this before you seal as well if you want. Um, if you really want to have that sealant on there. Um, then yeah, you can do this before you seal and it'll be like an antimicrobial to remove any bacteria before you place that sealant. <laughs> but yeah, just like here first, if you're going to do that on the same day. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So Haley, it's no secret <laughs> that I am a huge fan of your guys's fluoride. It is like <laughs> my absolute favorite fluoride on the universe. And it is the best I, texture. It's good. Yes. And I, I mean, we could have a whole podcast on fluoride, but I want to know, Haley, we, do you think later on we're going to see like a combination product of the two, like SDF with the liquid varnish? 
I don't think you're going to see a combination with that particular product um, just because there's fluoride in the silver diamine fluoride um, and that formulation has they figured it out. Like it works great. And then you can cover it with fluoride varnish. I don't think that you're going to see a combination with that, but I think you will see a combination of um, with maybe some of our other products in that in the future. Um, <laughs> but again, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> that, that are coming mid 2024. Yeah. She has us at the end of our seats. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, in all seriousness, if you have not tried Elevate's Floor Max Varnish, you have got to try it. It's a game changer. It's, <laughs> I mean, it's so thin. Patients appreciate it. It's so cost effective. Um, and the bottle system, I mean, it's like, like what, 40 cents maximum for fluoride varnish in your office. And that's at the most expensive price. It's, it's really, really good. Um, we've got some new flavors. It's a good one. I like it. And just even on the consumer side of it, on the patient side, it doesn't burn because there's plenty of fluoride varnishes out there that burn the gum tissue. Like yeah. it's not a pleasant experience and they taste horrific. And that's it's a hard sell to say, hey, can you spend $25 so I can make you very uncomfortable for the next 30 minutes to four hours? So, yes, I, I absolutely wish we could have your fluoride oh. in our office. <laughs> Yeah, it's good stuff. And I mean, adults appreciate it. A lot of them go back to work. They don't want that big, thick film on there. It doesn't look like if you're applying it properly, you don't hardly even see a thing on there. So it's cool. Yeah, you don't. Um, Joffrey, any other questions before we get to the final two? Or Haley, no. is there anything that you want to add that we didn't ask you oh, about your products? See. Um, open floor, open floor. <laughs> I think to check Elevate out, we, um, we're really, we're like the leaders in prevention, dental prevention, dental caries prevention. So if you're looking for something, you, you know, we all have patients that are at risk for caries. The vast majority of patients are at moderate to high risk for caries. So really bring us into your practice. Um, let us, let our consultants really consult with your team, not just on SDF, but just on caries prevention in general. We have a full line of preventive care products. And our team is very good at helping with communication with your patients, which can be so hard. Um, they help with acceptance from your patients where that, you know, we feel like all day long we make these recommendations and sometimes we don't get patient acceptance. Our team is well-trained in how to have those motivational interviewing or patient-centered communication um, to really help with acceptance of the treatments you're recommending. So again, it's free CE. And if you want to, you know, try to get your team all on board and, and be a little more Carrie's preventive mind minded, I would give Elevate a call because we'd love to come in and meet you guys. Well, and you guys are like a small company. You're mom pop owned. You're not this huge conglomerate right. of anything. So I love that about your company personally. It's one of Thank my you. Favorites. We appreciate that. <laughs> all right. Do you want to ask right. the last questions, Joffrey? Yes. Okay. Haley, what piece of advice do you wish you could go back and give yourself as a new graduate? Ooh. Ooh. A piece of advice would I go back and give myself as a new graduate? Um, I would say be excited, um, be open to learning because, you know, we, we learned so much in hygiene school for sure. Um, so we kind of come out thinking like, okay, I know everything, but 
I mean, clearly everything is always evolving. SDF was not around when the three of us finished hygiene school. Mm -hmm. um, so it's things are always changing. So be open to learning and um, really be open like to those sales reps because they may come in and, and have some great innovation that you might really want to know about. So I think having an open mind, always keep continue to learn. I think that's the advice I would give myself um, for sure. And let's see, we have one last one we love to ask everybody. What do you wish you would have learned in hygiene school that took you years to learn as a hygienist, whether it be in or out of the clinic? Okay. Um, what do I th I think that I wish I would have learned how many opportunities there are outside of the op too. Because mm -hmm. um, I didn't know. And I kind of was forced out of the op, not really, but because um, I was, my husband traveled around a ton for work. And as you guys may or may not know, but like going from state to state with a hygiene license is so hard. Literally, where I was moving from the West Coast all the way to the East Coast, um, the state we finally landed on that we're in now, I would have had to take another clinical exam, which I knew nobody out here to be able to find a patient to, that would work for the board. So, I mean, finally, at that point, I'm like, all right, I guess this is it. I guess my career is over. Um, and luckily, I found a place where I could stay in hygiene, um, you know, doing what I do with Elevate, where I'm not clinically chair-side anymore, but I am still focused and using all the education that I had from hygiene school and really loving this opportunity that I, I have. I definitely miss clinical hygiene some days. Um, and when I go back to the states where I'm still licensed and here and there, I still pick up temp days every so often and cover for people. But um, so I still get that fixed. But I think it's it's neat to see how many opportunities there are outside of the op. And, um, you know, you, you still use all your education and and still bringing a lot to the profession and to patients. And it's neat to see there's just so many great opportunities out there. That's great advice and, and very motivational because it, it unless you're exposed to those things, you just you don't know. You yeah. don't know at all. That's true. I that I, no one's no one's had that response yet. I love that one. Oh, that's yeah. great. It's true. <laughs> great answer. <laughs> well, good. All right. Well, Haley, thank you so much for popping yes. on the podcast with us and sharing all that insight about the SDF. We appreciate it. Yeah, Definitely. thank you guys so much for having me. I always love hanging out with you guys, even virtually this time. It's fun. But <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much. And yeah, I, it was fun to share some SDF. I love talking about it. So thank you guys. Appreciate thank it. Thank you. We'll definitely yes. have to catch up at uh, Under One Roof. That's right. With our new products by then, right? Yes. <laughs> yes. True. True. Yes. I'll look forward to seeing you guys there. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks right. so much, Haley. It was nice.